court two. We give you an update. We came on the air with the American Tennis Sangren. Former teammate in Indiana, Annie Laser, Pan American champion, a 26 year old. What's in a name? Just a couple of syllables by which the world calls you, or a date with destiny. When you win a medal at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games, your name gets plastered on every screen and ticker tape. So when we notice a name that fits just a little too well with the achievements of the person who carries it, it begs the question, is it in the name? It's a family name, but at the same time, I mean, come on, when you both play tennis, you can't hide from me, mom and dad. A lot of people call me Annie, which is surprising because I have a pretty cool last name. From NBC Sports, this is The Podium, a podcast about the Tokyo Olympic Games. Coming to you daily during the Games, we'll bring you the stories shaping the greatest athletic competition in all the world, held in extraordinary times. This podcast is presented by Nordatrack from iFit. His name, 20-year-old Jagger Eaton. He is the first American to win an Olympic skateboarding medal, taking home bronze in the men's street event. And he's here with us. Jagger Eaton is a street skateboarder for the United States. He won the first ever bronze medal in his sport, all while vibing visibly to the music in his earbuds. I feel like the music kind of got me vibing a little bit more. What were you listening to? Jagger, firstly, congratulations. Tell us about the last incredible 10 hours for you. Uh, the last 10 hours started with me waking up with about any sleep and then uh, me being a little anxious and having a little bit of anxiety and then walking away with a bronze medal. <laughs> it sounds like the schedule of a rock star, which I understand isn't really too far off. I want to know about all the names in your family. Yeah, uh, so my name's Jagger. Uh, that came from my parents' first uh, Rolling Stones concert, one of their first dates. And yeah, my little brother's name is Costin, and that came from the gold and black independent Eric Costin truck that my mom stopped about Costin. And then uh, Hendrix and Bowie are with my are with my stepmom, my dad, and uh, obviously Hendrix and Bowie are pretty famous uh, last names. <laughs> Wait, so you skate, rewind for a second, you skate at the legendary skate park called the Barracks, and it was founded by the Eric Costin, the guy your brother's named after. Have you ever met him? Was it weird? Yeah, uh, I've only met Eric a few times, but again, man, this man's been instrumental in pushing skateboarding and, and the progression of it. Uh, the Barracks is awesome, though. I love the Barracks. I'm pretty close with Steve as well, and uh, yeah, it's a fun park to skate in L.A. I would imagine it is. You're definitely getting the Rolling Stones superstar treatment today after getting a medal. I think people maybe forget how much press you do in the hours after a career-defining moment like that. Was this an unexpected twist in your day? <laughs> <laughs> like, did I think, like, did I, did I know what comes with the territory of getting a medal? Um, I got prepared for this, like, two months ago, and I didn't really believe it when they were preparing me for it, but it is very much real. Uh, there is a lot of media and stuff, but again, man, it's a huge deal, and I love, I love talking about something I, I, I'm passionate about, you know, skating is something that's easy to talk about. 
Yeah, we saw that passion out on the course in real time. You seem to have you seem to have confidence and swagger on all your tricks. Did it feel that way to you? Yeah, really the only thing in my runs that I wasn't really sure about was the wind. There was no tricks I wasn't I wasn't sure about. I, I, I was sure about all of those tricks and those patterns and knowing I could hit them. But the wind, when I would do the back tail after the back lip slide, uh, right in the beginning of my run, I had to push really hard up that bank and try and get speed for the back three over the rail. And uh, the wind just stopped me on my first run and it really bugged me. And so that's kind of the only thing uh, I had on my runs and my tricks. Uh, my tricks, I kind of knew what I needed to do to get it done. Uh, the switch back way nose grind and back step up nose grind are two really consistent tricks for me. And uh, the knowledge of 71 that you saw at the end is some that's a uh, work in progress, but we're going to have that one for Paris for sure. So what's the next move for Jagger Eaton? Um, yeah, how I'm looking at it right now is I just love competing. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. It's like, I know what it's like this time, and I know how much fun Japan was being here, and um, and it just it just drives me to go to Paris. You know, I got I'm only 20 years old. I, I hope I hope I pray to God that I can be healthy enough to compete Paris in LA. But um, you know, we're we're gonna see what happens, man. Uh, I you know all I know is I do love this, and I'm gonna cherish the moment right now, and not really think too far down the line, not stress myself out anymore. Are you going to celebrate like a rock star tonight? Yes. With that name, I'm picturing some wild times. What's the plan? Oh, dude, the celebration for me is me and my whole family going golfing. That, that's the first celebration. And uh, the second celebration is probably going to be my mom cooking us dinner and having a little barbecue and stuff. But um, yeah, definitely right when I get home, I'm going golfing. Uh, tonight, uh, nothing. There's, a, there's nothing going on in the village. And uh, so probably nothing. It's, it's too early. No one's really, really partying yet, but I'm not really not really looking at doing any of that. I'm just going to hang out and, uh, you know, just soak it all in. Uh, well, we'll take it. You've got a lot to soak in, even if it isn't champagne. Enjoy it all. As Jagger Eaton has just been almost untouchable. Since we did talk to athletes who were having a drink, although for very different reasons. Second Olympics for this duo together. They lost in the first round at Rio in 2016. And... Tennis Sandgren and Austin Krychek, they've played a handful of doubles matches together. Tennis Sandgren and Austin Krychek, you just lost the bronze medal match in men's tennis doubles. How did it turn out? How did the competition compare to what you thought it would be? We got fourth place, which uh, doesn't get a medal, actually. Lo and behold, um, you get the pride of competing for your country, which is something. But not as much as we would have liked to have as far as bringing something home to the U.S., Oh, that fourth place agonizing, I would imagine, so close to the hardware. Yes, very empty-handed. I feel relatively naked. Austin, do you feel naked? Yeah, that was, um, to be honest, probably the most devastating loss in my career, I would I would <laughs> venture to say. But um, yeah, it's just a tough position to be in because in tennis, obviously, usually when you lose, uh, you don't get another chance to compete. But we, we did after the semifinals yesterday. Unfortunately, and, um, we had another chance to compete. And, and, and didn't get it done today. But, I mean, you got to give those guys credit. They played well. But um, obviously not not the result we were hoping for. Oh, I understand. What ha what have you done since that last set? I, uh, I had to do a drug test and consume some alcoholic beverages. And here we are, you know, still on our feet, still on our toes, baby. Ready for, uh, ready for anything, really. Um, no, I mean, it hurts like hell to, to not come through there. But, um, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to pick yourself up and, I don't know, push forward. 
Yeah, uh, of course. And I would imagine it's easier to do with a partner, right? I mean, it's helpful. I mean, I'm sure Austin probably doesn't look at my face right now. (laughs) But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it is more helpful to lose with somebody and to, and to win with somebody quite frankly, um, than it is to do it all always on your, on your own, like in singles. Um, so I know he's got my back and I've got his back and, um, you know, win, lose or draw. I think, I think that's, you know, more important than, than a medal as corny as that sounds. I think that is more important than a medal. Yeah. It's a partnership. Austin, how did you end up playing doubles with tennis? I mean, we've, we've played several tournaments together. We obviously, we had a good, um, well, we've been playing to go back for even further. We've been playing a ton of futures and challengers together for, I mean, upwards of a decade, <laughs> I'd say, but, um, we, we had a really good result at us open a few years ago. And, um, you know, every time I get to play tennis, it's, it's a treat. I mean, we, we have, um, a chance to beat any team we step out there against, um, you know, we've, we've shown that a few times. Apparently we also have the chance to lose to any team <laughs> as true. well. Also true. Uh, but, it's kind of the coin, the proverbial coin flip out there. No, but it makes a difference. I think playing with, with a great friend, um, you know, doubles is a unique thing as you're out there. Tennis is an individual sport, but doubles you're out there with, um, with someone else. So it's cool when you're, when you connect with someone and you're really good friends off the court, I think that carries over onto uh, in-court play. And I think tennis and I have a good connection there and, we had some fun this week and we played some great matches. Um, to be honest, we had some really tight ones early on in the tournament and, and came through together. And, you know, that's, uh, that's really a good experience. Unfortunately, obviously the ending wasn't, wasn't fantastic, but, um, you know, we put ourselves in a position to, to play for our medal and that's honestly all you can ask for. So I didn't think that was, um, a possibility, uh, earlier this summer. So it was pretty, pretty cool experience. Speaking of pretty cool, it's not lost on me that you're a pro tennis player and your name is tennis. How did it happen? It's my great grandfather's name. Um, my, my parents who played tennis, uh, they like to fall back on that one. That was my great grandfather's name, which is true. They showed me the records that that is indeed the case, but I'm not really buying the fact that they also didn't want me to be a you know professional tennis player at the same time too. So um, I pay lip service. I, I pay lip service to that it's a family name, but at the same time, I mean, come on. When you both play tennis t- as well, like you can't hide from me, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> I see the throwbacks you post of your childhood on social media. Your parents, quite obviously, tennis fans. Was it all tennis all the time? Uh, I mean, I ate food too. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, for, for the most part, yes, but also I, I fell in love with the sport as well, like from a young age. So it wasn't just them pushing me or forcing me into anything. Like I, I willingly chose to get fourth place at the Olympics and not get a medal. I, I, I absolutely am the, the charter of my own path in that regard. Uh, can't blame them at all. Okay. I, I don't want Austin to feel excluded from this part. Austin, any interesting things, stories around your name? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Can you spell it without looking down at your notes right now? <laughs> Go ahead, do it. Do Good it. Look at that. It's your chance, right? right yeah. Exactly. Now, Richard uh, Krejcik, who won Wimbledon in 1996, is a distant relative of mine, so I get that one all the time. Unfortunately, I don't serve like he does or did. Um, so, but yeah, he is um, in the family lineage there somewhere along the line. So, and speaking of serves, you're known for some powerful tennis. Tell us about your style together as a team. I think, I mean, our size, I mean, to be honest, we dwarf most of the, you know, small chested Europeans by (laughs) by a good bit. I mean, let's be honest, I'm coming in at 
200 pounds and Austin's coming in at what, 180, 185? Yeah. Something like that. And, and I mean, most of the guys aren't that size for the, you know, for the most part anyway. Um, so if you're not powerful at that point, then you're just not good because you don't have the same, uh, quite the same quickness. It's not, not the same. So you gotta, you gotta have something, right? Um, I don't know. It's also kind of an American thing with tennis too. Like Americans normally have big serves and big forehands and um, play more aggressive game style. We don't play as much on clay growing up and, and Europeans and South Americans play a lot more on clay, which is a slower surface, longer points, more uh, tactics involved um, in the U S on the hard court. It's just serve hard and hit hard and end the point quickly and then go to the next point. So uh, I think we're kind of, kind of more on along those lines than, than the other side. So tennis with a Y and Austin after playing Tokyo together, or maybe from the pro tennis fate you were born into, do you find that you can easily anticipate what the other will do? We can't use telekinesis to use our powers and and talk to each other without, you know, just using our minds. Uh, No. Right. But how well do you pick up on each other's intentions? I think normally really well. Honestly, we had our first sort of mix up in the middle of the court yesterday uh, early on, on a, on a middle, middle ball, which is, you know, it's challenging sometimes to get that right. Who's, who takes the middle shot depending on where it's coming in the court. But for the most part, honestly, we, we get it right. You know, every time, I mean, there was one point where Austin was covering the middle of these a couple, like maybe in the second round where he's covering the middle of the court at the net and I'm at the baseline. And so I don't know where he's going and cause he's kind of covering the middle and the guy and the ball's played out in front of him. And so he's going left and he's going right. And then he goes left and then he goes right. And he's hitting like two, three, four balls. And I'm just on the back of the court, just going like this. Like I don't have the slightest clue and we win the point and it's, you know, it was awesome. But then he comes back and it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't really know where I was going there. Maybe I should have gone the other direction. I, I, I'm like, you know, dude, just fine. You want to win the point on your own. Like, you can just go for it. You know, it's totally fine with me, but um, I think we, we do good at that for the most part, I think. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, playing together, you, you get a feel for sure. Um, you know, we've played enough matches together that you just kind of have a have an instinct. But um, I mean, there's always mix-ups. I mean, in doubles, obviously, a lot of times things don't go as planned, and the play kind of breaks down. And you got to make you know decisions last minute that um, just kind of winging it. But um, for the most part, I think we do a great job of that. And obviously, being good friends and stuff off the court that really helps just the, the com- communication and stuff. And when things don't go great, the getting over it and getting ready for the next point every time. So, um, yeah, I think we, we do pretty well for that for the most part. Yeah, I think a lot of fans would agree. Thank you so much for joining us, Austin and Tennis. Anything before we leave you to your sulking? Is there anything you'd like to talk about, Austin? No, no. I mean, anything you want to get off your chest? <laughs> you want to just give away? Just no, I mean, no, give obviously, away. this loss will have to sink in for a bit. But no, no, we um, we had a great time here in, in Tokyo. It's it's an honor to play for the U.S. And, um, you know, what an opportunity. Didn't think I'd be able to play um, a few months ago for the team. So to make it and then to have a chance to play for a medal was, was pretty special. So it was, it was fun to compete with tennis. And obviously competing with a great friend, it was, it was a good experience regardless of how bittersweet it is right now um i'm sure we'll look on look back on it with some with uh, positivity down the road eh. possibly maybe <laughs> she can barely believe what she's just done someone whose name did measure up was annie laser 
behind them. Bronze for Annie Laser. Americans do it again, second and third. Obviously, now you're incredibly fast, so it fits like a glove. But did your name earn you any good nicknames growing up? Yeah, um, actually, probably not as many as you would think. Um, my one, a lot of the guys on my team in college would call me Laser Lays because that was one of my like handles on social media. Um, so that's really the only nickname that I've had in my life. But a lot of people call me Annie, which is like kind of surprising because I have a pretty cool last name for swimming and for racing. So um, it's just kind of played nicely into what I do. I'll say, but you had a moment where speed eluded you before the race. Tell me about it. Yeah, I was actually running a little bit late um, into the ready room. I realized when I was done warming up that I still had to go put my racing suit on, which is kind of taxing, especially when you're wet. Um, And I had to be like in the ready room in like eight minutes, I think. So I was running a little late. Um, (laughs) But once I got there, um, the ready room was actually really amazing. Um, the girls in there, I know, I knew quite a few of them already. Um, so it was actually quite a friendly ready room, which is kind of surprising because obviously the ready rooms at the Olympics can be very intense and very intimidating. So, um, yeah, it was actually really great. Um, we were just chatting and laughing. And then when it got time to race, it was time to race. But um, aside from that, it was actually one of the most like pleasant ready rooms I've ever been in, I think. <laughs> Take the positives, right? We talked to Lily King earlier in, in the season. She said she puts her suit on once she's in the hotel to, to stretch it out. How long do these suits take to put on? To put on a new suit? Um, it probably takes like, uh, I get I get a little bit bigger suit than I should because in my stroke, I like to be able to have like some flexibility in my hips. But like if I was a sprinter, I'd wear a much, much smaller suit. Um, but it probably takes us between like 10 and 15 minutes to put a suit on normally. Um, so yeah, and I do the same thing too. Like the first time you put it on, it's obviously the tightest. So I want it to be a little bit easier when I like put it on before I race. So I put it on before um, I go to the pool as well. I had no idea so much went into the suit. I did realize Lily King, five-time Olympic medalist, was next to you in the pool and and won silver. What was that like? How was that camaraderie? Um, I actually just physically met her for the first time here. Um, We've kind of like just missed each other and been on like different um, international trips and stuff like that throughout the last couple of years during both of our kind of ascensions into um, the international scene and breaststroke. Well, I actually only really physically met her for the first time this week. Um, But I mean, gosh, is she just the kindest, sweetest girl? I mean, she's just, I can't say any more nice things about her. She's just so, so sweet. And, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with my swim today. It was right on my lifetime best. And um, I had one girl next to me break the world record and another girl next to me be my training partner and go a second and a half faster than her best time, which at you know, our stage in the game is just unprecedented. So, um, you know, I was in between two pretty incredible swims. So I've got nothing to shake my head about over a bronze medal. And I know Lily with the swim that she had, she's been waiting to break through in the tuner breaststroke on the world stage for a very, very long time. So I think she's perfectly happy with her silver medal. Very nice. Any, any inside jokes from the U.S. swim team you can share? Well, I can't tell you that because they, and they wouldn't be inside jokes, would they? yeah vibes are really great it's actually been super great um to just see how we're still one team even though honestly there's a big age gap within our um within our team i've kind of noticed that there's a lot of professionals and a lot of teenagers and not a whole lot in between um we don't have as many college age kids on this trip um which is kind of crazy but um 
Yeah, I mean, I still, you know, bond and vibe with the teenagers just as much as I do the people my age. So um, it's been honestly a really incredible trip. And, you know, every single person I talk to, every teammate I sit down with, um, we always have something to talk about no matter how many times I've talked to them before. Her father passed away less than two months before the Olympic trials, and that was her first meet since she lost her dad. There was a service in her home state of Michigan where she left and spent some nine... Before you go, your dad, who gave you this fast name, passed away only a, a few short months ago. How was he on your heart today? Um, I always think about him. You know, it's not something that just, like, goes away. And I obviously thought about him a lot before... Um, I was about to receive my medal. That's when it like kind of really hit me. But, you know, I think about my family all the time and it's not like something where I felt like I had to do it for him or um, anything like that because he would never ever want that kind of pressure for me for to come from him. He just loved watching me swim because I loved swimming. And, um, you know, I just think that that's what a parent should be all about just watching their kid do what they love and love watching their kid do what they love. Watching a kid do what they love, love of any activity, like sport, seems to overcome most anything. And definitely overcomes the sport-related name a parent would want to give their future prodigies. But when love and name line up, it does feel a little meant to be. Follow The Podium now on Amazon Music and wherever you're listening to get automatic downloads and tune into the networks of NBC to watch it all unfold. This podcast is presented by NordaTrack from iFit.